Welcome, my friends. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is Tuesday, June 14th, and it is time for another episode of The Pit. Being joined by John Hewitt. We've got all kinds of things lined up today. Um, Last week on The Pit, we had a great show. It went long, and at the end, we had a bunch of calls. Took us a while to get the phones lit up. We had a bunch of calls. We couldn't get to them all. I apologize for that. Uh, But if you want to jump in early today, today would be a great day for calls. Uh, I had some things I wanted to talk about. I may touch on a couple things. Um, We'll see what John has. I think today's going to be short too. I think John's got a meeting. So if you want to jump in on uh, political topics, now would be the time. Uh, Dial us up. If uh, anything you've got political, we'll talk about it, 855-950-3835. Let's welcome back John. John, welcome back. Good to be with you. All right. Uh, Very interesting time. Every day gets a little more exciting, more interesting. Yeah, I'm not so sure if it's exciting or not. It's kind of nail-biting exciting, maybe. Um, It is. It's true. Yeah, and and you are correct. It's every single day. Every time I think that's enough, it, it can't get any worse. We can't deal with any more of this stuff. You wake up the next day, and sure enough, we're dealing with more stuff. In fact, that kind of plays right into my open today. You know, when I, I sat down, I, you know, all throughout the week, we do the pit once a week. So I'll, all throughout the week, I'm kind of, you know, grabbing little pieces of, you know, political stories and info. And then, you know, yesterday I sat down to put my show notes together and I look at each topic, um, fuel prices, inflation, uh, crime, the Southern border, uh, what we did in Afghanistan, um, what we are doing in Ukraine, what other, uh, the stock market, uh, COVID, the vaccines. The list just seems to go on and on and on. And honestly, I could take any one of these topics and you could do a really deep dive into any of these and honestly spend hours on any one of them. But it's so frustrating, though, because we can talk about it and talk about it, and nothing seems to change except it just seems to keep getting worse. That's right. It's, uh, and I think the, the storm cloud that's hanging over our western coast is uh, even bigger with the Longshoremen Union contract up for renewal June 30th, and with their history of striking um, that could be the the real, real death blow for the economy if they go out on strike for the next couple of months, which is, based upon their history, is not unlikely. You're right. There, uh, you know, I see things like this, and you, you get that feeling um, that you know what is going to change this and the only things that we can see that are going to change it are going to make it worse i don't see anything coming down the line that's going to make any of this better well what i when i mentioned the you know a lot of people i wasn't aware you, you probably are being in oregon but i i wasn't aware uh through part of my adulthood about the longshoremen and the ports and the the union, they're, they're the most, they're the strongest, they're the most highly paid union people by far in the country. And um, they've had quite a history. In fact, those jobs, I, I was told that those jobs often are passed from father to son or to daughter or whatever, because uh, they make, you know, they make a quarter of a million dollars a year um, on the docks. And then when they retire, they make uh, close to that. Again, I knew a couple of retired ones, and I was stunned at their benefits and their retirement and their job situation. And uh, when I heard the other day that their contract had not been extended and it was up for renewal June 30th, and of course, even though they're the highest paid union people in the country, they, they're seeing inflation and they're going to want a huge increase. And 
huge income. And they also want a piece of the shipping profits now. Uh, it's kind of like Major League Baseball or the NBA. They want a share of the revenue from the shipping companies. And uh, we're really at their total mercy, it appears. And, and I again, I, I don't begrudge that, but it's like, well, all we need in any business right now is to have uh, a strike at the docks or have, uh, you know, a 30% increase in their package that Ben's going to, you know, send a ripple effect across all the expenses of, of bringing in any imports and then transporting them across the country. You know, if you, if you think about this, and this really plays into my topic last week, the AB5 law in California, which eliminates independent contractors for the most part, that got its start in the ports of LA and Long Beach because most of the trucks that go into those ports are independent contractors and the union wants them to be union employees instead. And that's what started this whole AB5 thing. Um, you know what, what seems completely wrong here? When we look at how we set up you know, business and regulations, and one of the things we don't allow in this country, in business, we don't allow monopolies. But aren't these ports just monopolies? Well, they are, and then of course, you know that uh, the former, the two presidents ago, let the Chinese b- acquire them. What's <laughs> in California? And I mean, I, I'm not sure how that all ended up uh, working out. But no, it's um, you know we're very you know as you know from uh, being in the in the transportation field, we are so dependent upon the movement of goods and services in our country. And now with all of these other uh, unbelievable things going on, I mean, and yesterday uh, hearing from uh, another border person that they are absolutely at their morale and wit's end with these, this new caravan coming out. It's just, it is, it's just there. You, you wake up and you pinch yourself or slap yourself and say, what country did I wake up in? What What in the world has happened to our country in 18 months? Exactly. And, you know, being in transportation, and transportation is a big part of what's going on right now, we also know that um, transportation is what we call a leading economic indicator. So when you when economists look at the big picture and try to figure out where we're going, there are lots of different numbers they look at. Some of those numbers tell you what's going on right now. Some of the numbers tell you what's gone on in the past. And then leading economic indicators are things that they watch because the general uh, economy will usually follow that trend. And trucking is a leading economic indicator. What's happening in trucking today is probably going to start showing up in the general economy in about three months or so, maybe even a little less. And here's what I can tell you about trucking right now. We started talking back in 2017 about getting ready for a a pullback in the economy. You know, and, and nothing major that this is how our economy works it goes up it goes down it goes up it goes down we have business cycles and we were looking at the data and saying you know we haven't had a real downturn since 09 and now it's 2017 we and we were already talking about this could be the longest economic expansion in history and it turned out that it did become that we went over a decade of economic expansion And we were just saying back then, before COVID, before all of these other problems, we were saying, look, it's about time. We're going to have a pullback. Um, Rates are going to go down in trucking. Uh, But nothing major. We've been through these things before. Um, We did think it could be worse than before because the run-up was longer and higher. And then COVID hit. And everything has been just thrown into turmoil as far as the economy goes with all the money being printed, all the programs, the lockdowns, there's, there was so much stuff going on. Uh, and now we look at this and I, how do you even predict 
where we're going with this because we've never been in a situation like this before. But here's what I can tell you about trucking right now. Things in trucking are turning so fast that I'm even shocked. The rates are dropping like a rock faster than I've ever seen them drop before. And they've been dropping since January. Um, the volumes are, are dropping now. So there isn't as much freight out there. Uh, so the, this change from a really prosperous economy in trucking happened so fast and it's happening right now. And this is what we can expect with our general economy. Not too long from now. Yeah, I've, uh, I, I heard from, actually, it's interesting, you, you, and me being aware, help confirm this, I heard yesterday from, uh, on, a, on a broadcast that uh, they were talking about that inventories are now overloaded in certain things that were stuck in the ports for months and months and months, and now with the uh, economic pressure on food and fuel, uh, gasoline for uh, consumers that now when you couldn't, you couldn't get a refrigerator for 12 months or an appliance, all the things from Korea and all the things from China got released, got sent out. And now, uh, the retailers and one was mentioned was target was basically saying that their inventory, they're, they're overloaded with inventory and the consumer demand has dropped. So this summer that what that was suggested was this summer might be bargain time for a lot of sales on these excess inventories. And since the inventories are full, they're not ordering. And so that's what's probably reflecting in uh, the loads going down. And then now you, you know, then you throw in the fact that we may have this strike at the same time, but apparently while there are food shortages coming in, there's an overabundance of consumer items or manufactured items, et cetera. And that uh, it might be a good time this summer to buy a refrigerator or washer dryer or whatever. It might be the last gas before who knows what else happens. But there, there does seem to be some serious shift all of a sudden from not being able to get. I mean, I, I have friends who ordered a stove or a fridge a year ago or a piece of furniture over a year ago. They couldn't get it. They couldn't get it anywhere. And now I was at. Uh, Home Depot the other day and I asked about refrigerators says you have refrigerators in stock and they said well there's the delivery date the delivery date was next week yeah <laughs> I was like yeah wow because it wasn't a year ago that you couldn't find anything for so six months to nine months in that area so this is one of those cases of good news bad news I have good news I can get you exactly. a refrigerator tomorrow I have bad news you won't be able to find any food to put in it shouldn't laugh, but that's, that's about exactly what we're dealing with or the dollars that you pay for it. Uh, you know, hang, you better spend them fast because they're not going to be worth much pretty yeah. soon. Yeah. I saw in, uh, uh, the Babylon B, I think it was posted a meme that says the uh, Powerball jackpot is now up to two full tanks of gas. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it, it, we laugh, because it is so pathetic. And here we have, and, and, then, and then to see this administration come out with their press secretary saying, uh, we're, you know, we're just no different than anywhere else in the world. I mean, it's like there is a never ending string of excuses. And then this, you know, and I, I'm sure the oil companies have some culpability in this, but for heaven's sakes, close our pipeline, open up one for the Russians. I mean, this, and I was watching on uh, Glenn Beck earlier this morning a little bit, and he was talking about, boy, hasn't this bring Russia to their knees been, been successful by this administration? No, it's bringing America to its knees. The ruble's at the highest level ever. They're winning their war, and, uh, and, they're, and they're, you know, controlling all the energy in Europe. So... We, we have put ourselves in, in the greatest state of weakness in, in our lifetimes as a country. You know, I, I watched, um, oh, I can't remember. It was one of the shows on Fox, 
and they actually put together uh, a, a video piece of Biden from starting in the, um, oh, boy, I'm just drawing a blank. I got so many things going through my head here. Um, starting during the, the Democratic primaries when he was running for president, and they put together a piece of all the times he says, clearly says, over and over and over, basically saying he is going to eliminate the oil and gas industry. They're done, he says. He's, over and over, he says it. He was very strongly worded. They are done. We are phasing out. We are going to renewable energy. He says it over and over and over throughout the campaign and throughout his first year. And now they say, oh, no, we didn't do anything to hurt energy production in this country. It's unconscionable, really. The lies are unconscionable in every aspect. It really is. It's uh a challenge, but uh, hopefully uh, elections start turning quickly, and uh, hopefully we can hang on until some semblance of change in the fall, but uh, people need to continue to stand up, and that's why um, we are actively engaged in trying to help hold uh, government and the regulators accountable at, uh, at, at uh, our in our company, Cardio Miracle. We're trying to do our part to meet with sheriffs on the local level. And I would highly recommend everyone get to know your county sheriff. He should be your best friend in government and support those who support our constitution and who support enforcing the laws of the land. You got to find people who you support because even though they may be uh, labeled uh, from a more conservative party, they may not be conservative at all. We've right. seen a lot of phonies out there. Right. And we need to find constitutional people, not political people. Absolutely. Hey, you, you want to hear a, a crazy statistic um, with fuel prices where they are right now, diesel fuel prices, which are uh, significantly higher than even gas. Um, so the average truck on the road well i wouldn't say average anymore the averages have probably shifted a little in the last couple years but it's not uncommon today not uncommon at all to have a truck that gets five miles to the gallon there's still lots of them out there six miles to the gallon really really common on the other hand one of the things that Actually, it was one of the first things that I started doing on in the industry and on radio shows was teaching people how to get better fuel economy in a truck. It's something I've been working on for 30 years. We do a show on it every Friday, Fuel Mileage Friday. I've been doing this for so long. There are so many ways you can improve fuel economy in these trucks. So we have trucks getting five or six miles to the gallon we now have trucks that are getting over 10 miles to the gallon. It's not easy. Really? You have to, oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, oh, you, have to, you have to build the truck right. You have to spec it right. You, you get into all kinds of details, transmissions, rear end ratios, tire sizes, modifications. There's like, I, I, I think I have a list somewhere that I've been working on for years of like over 70 different things that affect fuel economy in a big truck some of them you can do something about some of them you can't weather has an impact wind there are lots of things we can impact so we do have trucks now that are getting over 10 miles to the gallon we've documented several of them Um, the guy who does the show with me on friday still drives full-time his family owns a trucking company he still drives full-time, and he consistently gets over 10 miles to the gallon with his truck. Here's the That's difference. Amazing. Here's the difference. People, I don't think, understand the numbers. If we take a truck that's getting five miles to the gallon, and they exist out there, lots of them on the road, or we take one of these trucks that are now getting 10 miles to the gallon, and they're, they're pretty rare, but we know we can do it. The difference at today's fuel price the difference in fuel cost. Now think of this. We have a, a single truck owner. One guy owns this truck and he's getting five miles to the gallon. 
Joel, my partner on the show on Fridays, owns the, you know, has this truck. He's getting 10 miles to the gallon. The difference in their fuel cost for the year is more than the average American makes working a full-time job for an entire year. Wow. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. Cause I heard the new, I mean, I heard the statement that uh, it's about a thousand dollars a day now for a fill up. Uh, most trucks today running, you know, 250 gallon fuel tanks. Yeah. thousand dollar fill ups are not unusual. That's about the norm now. Yeah. Now, yeah. Now, I will say that you can't run that 250 gallons out in a day, though. Right, because you've got to stick with your 12 hours or whatever it is. Yeah. Now, now a team operation can just about do that. A team operation on some trucks, if they're getting poor enough fuel economy, could run through an entire tank a day. Um, Well, just now, here's the thing. We have a fuel surcharge in trucking. And it's pretty much automatic. It's just built right into the system. And for the most part, we're not the ones paying for that. Now, the guy getting five miles to the gallon, he's getting screwed, and he will go out of business with these prices. Believe it or not, the guy getting 10 miles to the gallon, because of the fuel surcharge program, his fuel is basically free, and he's getting paid to put fuel in his truck right now. Well, isn't that interesting? Well, that's... There's, see, now that, to me, as opposed to green energy, let's find more ways of being efficient with what we have. That would seem to make sense to me. Well, the, the government has run, and so Walmart was involved with one of these programs, and the EPA gets involved. They do these super truck projects where they try to prove, you know, how much fuel economy can you get. Um, the government spent... I believe it was over $10 million on one of these super truck projects. And they ended up getting like in the high eight miles to the gallon. We've got guys getting 10 that don't get millions of dollars from the government to do this. Well, that's why free enterprise is always the best uh, solution. Government's never been good at anything. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, but you're right. We should be focusing on, why isn't there a huge campaign if the government wants to get involved, which I don't think they should. I think they should just stay the hell out of business as much as possible. But instead of pushing all this new green energy that isn't going to change much for over a decade, at least, it's not going to make any impact whatsoever on what we're dealing with today. But what could make an impact, why aren't we teaching trucking companies and people who own this kind of equipment how to get better fuel economy? Well, and and let me just pivot and say the same thing applies with preventative health situations. Stressing building your immune system, stressing eating the right foods, stressing things that are damaging, including toxic prescription drugs and unnecessary medical procedures. And we could... I believe that we could cut the cost of health care in half. We just, we're smart about actually trying to help people stay healthy instead of uh, supporting the pharmaceutical industry. Absolutely. You're right. Very good analogy. And we talk about both of those things on this show all the time. Um, speaking of health, um, my next topic on my list today was going to be the vaccine and COVID in general. You know, I, I after two plus years of this and all the articles I've collected, all the stuff I've read, all the videos I've watched, you know, I, I want to sit down and do a really, really in-depth article about everything that's happened, what lockdowns did, what masks did. And it's such a big undertaking. And actually, I came across a a really well-written article by a doctor today, and I'm shocked that it's it's actually up on the NIH website. And I can't imagine that it's going to stay there for long, Um, but I'm a little shocked that it's there, period. Um, Let me go back and see if I can find this. Uh, I posted it, Um, but this doctor did a really, really deep dive into 
all of the topics, all of the statistics about the vaccines, what, you know, all of the research about masks. And, you know, the thing is, he, he also put together a list of all the things that were once labeled as misinformation and disinformation and would get you banned and deleted from almost every social media site. He put together a list of how many of those things are now true and accepted as true. And there's a lot of them. It's, it's, it's pathetic. It really is. It's one of the saddest things ever. You know, I, I talked to, I had a last summer, we had my uh, 51st reunion because the 50th had to be canceled during COVID. And uh, it was so interesting because it was just at the, you know, winding down stages of things. And we had all kinds of debates about having a reunion, everyone wearing masks, everyone doing all this stuff. And I said, and I was in charge of the reunion. And I said, I'm oh, sorry, we're not going to mandate masks. If people want to stay home, stay home. If they want to wear a mask, Wear six masks. It doesn't matter. But how inter- But let me tell you what happened to me this very last week. I talked to three different people that all were double injected, uh, boosted, who were all deathly ill with whatever was after they had their test uh, confirmed, which I still don't even believe in the test myself. Uh, because the way the test was done was there was a lot of issues, I think, with the test that have proven that they were running at the wrong cycles and everything else. But, you know, there's no question that people have gotten sick from something. Right. Uh, but now they're getting a lot of people, and the things that I read, and I may be wrong, but what I read, and lots of things are saying, that it's almost two to one people getting sick who have had full governmental injections versus those who haven't. And see, I still maintain that it all comes back to the immune system, the strength of your immune system. Because even if you do get sick, you won't get as sick as those uh, people who have done their immune system. But I'm running into people. One, I ran into a high school, another high school friend um, with her husband who is as robust and as fit as anyone I've ever seen. And he was on a cane and he looked 90 years old. I, I mean, I was like shocked in less than one year. And I have my theories about what's happened to him because I believe he was compliant. But, um, and then another one of my very dear friends who, because of their, the nature of their work and, and some of their circumstances, they also got injected. Um, and um, they were, uh, one of them, the blood pressure all of a sudden went up. So it was totally being managed just beautifully. And, um, and, they, and they don't connect the dots. And then the wife has come down in the last 12 months with a rare autoimmune disease. So if you look at the statistics, and there are all kinds of statistics that are popping up, if you can see them before they're taken down, is that all-cause mortality of uh, Social Security age people, Medicare people, is up. It's the highest it's ever been. I I think it's like 40% or some ridiculous All over over the world, too. All over the world. And if you look at the statistics close enough, because I have, the correlation to all-cause mortality going up for no apparent reason, these are numbers that have been steady year after year after year forever, all of a sudden they're through the roof, no clear explanation of why, they correlate to vaccine status in each country. So when you look at the statistics, it's almost a direct correlation. The more people who are vaccinated in a country, the higher all-cause mortality has gone. And I think as far as the infection uh, recently that Israel, which was the highest uh, compliance injected society, I think has had the highest outbreak of Yep. of this repeat things going on. And I, I was talking to this classmate of mine, and, and I had 
avoid the politics. And, you know, it puts you in a very awkward position yeah, when does. you believe strongly one way and somebody else believes their own other way. And this, this classmate of mine, he's now 70 years old, he was virtually in tears. He said, John, I did everything possible. I did everything they told. I said I had double injections. I had boosters. I avoided people. I did everything on the sun. He said, I went and picked up my niece and her husband at the airport, and they were coming back from Europe. And he says, and I got it. I got sick. And, and, and I wanted, it was so hard for me not to say, it's your immune system, brother. Yeah. And you've, you've now compromised your immune system by having these, these gene therapies. They are not what they are said to be. They are a treatment for a pathogen that was manipulated by not the most scrupulous people. And so because of that, um, you've got to, for whatever it's worth, and this is not a statement against or for anything other than support your darn immune system. And the best way to do that is with vitamin D3, nitric oxide, other supplementation, uh, vitamin C, antioxidants, anti-inflammatories, that is the best thing a person, in my opinion, not a doctor, not giving medical advice, just as an observer of general health who reads a lot of stuff and talks to a lot of smart people every day, the most important thing you can do is increase those areas that strengthen your immune system naturally. Yes. That's what you can do. And I, I was, but one thing that people need to understand, Kevin, is that if you are getting good vitamin D, if you are increasing your nitric oxide, uh, like with the product that we have, Cardio Miracle, um, if, you're, if you're still banging down a couple hundred grams of caffeine a day, you're, you're negating much of the nitric oxide and vitamin D value. And so you're really, really smart if you can transition to beverages and foods and things that are not caffeine-stimulated types of things because the literature and science is clear. Caffeine has an impact on nitric oxide uh, bioavailability. The other thing is that I would say that that is a real challenge for many of your listeners, but something that they've got to try to focus on. By avoiding the caffeine, it will improve the quality of their sleep. And sleep is also one of the most important things to help support your immune system. Yeah, we actually recommend, you know, small amounts of caffeine, um, one 12 to 14 ounce cup a day can actually have some benefits if you've got a good. Oh, no, I, yeah, yeah. I, I agree but, with that. See, I'm but, saying a person who wants to drink coffee, drink it for the taste once or twice a day, but don't don't be drinking yeah. eight cups a day or, you yeah. know, 64 ounces or 150 yeah. ounces. And don't be the the energy drinks are the worst. Absolutely. They are the worst. Absolutely. And. So, you know, caffeine has some benefits and a little bit of alertness and some mental clarity or one. But yeah, definitely no don't overdo this. And, and we see a lot of people doing that. You know, I, I want to go back. I, I mentioned that there were these things that if you said them a year ago, two years ago, um, this was the kind of stuff that was absolutely labeled misinformation. You were deleted, you were banned, you were censored. We had it happen to us a lot. We had videos taken down off YouTube. We had posts deleted off of Facebook. That's why we moved our group off there. One of the things we were saying from the very beginning is that everything the government is telling us to do to protect us from COVID is weakening our immune system. When you socially distance from people, your immune system will get weaker. When you sanitize and over sanitize everything, remember all the hand sanitizer craze and Ridiculous. wipe it, you, yeah. you, you 
damage your immune system when you over sanitize everything when you wear a mask you damage your immune system and we now know that this vaccine can damage your immune system because the spike protein ends up everywhere in your body not just where they told us it was going everything we did to protect people, so-called protect them from COVID, weakened their immune system. And we tried to say that in the beginning. You got banned, deleted, and censored from even mentioning anything like that. And now we can see the statistics. Every other virus is on the rise. The flu virus, the common cold, the rhinovirus, the adenovirus, every single virus, plus viruses that never used to impact people. Where the hell did monkeypox come from all of a sudden that it's spreading all over the world? It's been around for decades. It's never been that big of a deal. But now we see people who seem to catch everything that comes along. How, how many people do you know or have heard about that, you know, ended up getting uh, a rare form of cancer yes. and dying within months. I mean, it's like people have always had cancer issues. People have always had heart disease and stroke. But just like this fellow I saw the other day who looked like he, you know, I mean, his father, this, this very prominent attorney now at 75 years old, looks like an invalid. His father was still running marathons at 90. Wow. And he, he has a, and he was in good shape. And I, I didn't have a chance to visit with he and his wife, but I, 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 I know before I even talk to people what, what I believe was, has happened because I have seen it happen over and over and over again. And, um, you know, this whole thing, the, the CDC and the VAERS, the vaccine uh, reporting, you know, they, they keep, they're even deleting and changing their information. This is, this is flagrant. This is flagrant. And we continue to think that we can trust anything. You know, I mean, you listen to this president, I can listen to anything, but the, how we can trust any data from the government, it, we have to go to other sources of data, like the, uh, you know, the person who talked about the Medicare uh, mortality rate said it's not on the Medicare site. They had to dig it up on a, you know, some other backdoor way to get to the data. They, this is the, this, this cover up makes Watergate look like uh, kindergarten. I mean, it's a joke. It's ridiculous. Yeah. The, um, you know, speaking of data, there uh, I, I can't even believe we're still talking about this at this point when all of the data we do have, the little bit that we have from the government, we should have tons more, but there doesn't seem to be any good data that they're putting out. The data we do have, though, is pretty clear and one of the things we know is that children are really at almost no risk from this whatsoever. Children do not get seriously sick from this. They don't die. Their immune systems seem to handle this just fine. And we now have lots of data to show that the vaccine has some pretty serious issues. Why are we still pushing for vaccination for children. And now they are getting ready to approve this for children under five. Now I've got some data. I, I, it, oh, go ahead. No, it's, it's unconscionable. It, it, it's beyond unconscionable. And that, that's why we are, are attempting to through uh, prosecute now to try to get to transparency so that we can get the cards and the real data on this table. You know, we're not, we're not just trying to, you know, raise the roof for, for no reason. We're trying to get transparency. And when you have a major top business in the world that says they can't give you your, your uh, trial data on the injection for 75 years, yeah. that yeah. just doesn't even, that does, that, that is so beyond, that's not the smell test. That's, that's a whole handful of crap in your nose. I mean, that is ridiculous. It is ridiculous. And that should it, make every, should make every clear-thinking adult skeptical and concerned about what in the heck are they trying to keep from us. You know, 
It, let me let me read you this. I'm gonna I'm gonna read some of this because it's kind of hard to get your head around. Um, but there is some trial data right now for the testing that's going on with the Pfizer vaccine for children under five. I want you to listen to this. So right now they are reporting that that vaccine for children under five is 80% effective. That's pretty darn good for a vaccine. I doubt it. And I'm sure a lot of people do. Well, here's how they came to that number. They are giving in this trial, they are giving three shots to children under five. When they did the trial, there was a total of 375 infections, but only, let me find that number, only 10 of those infections occurred after the third dose. That's the 80% number, but that's not for the whole trial. If you do the numbers for the whole trial, 97% of the infections happened while they were getting the first two shots. So the vaccine, if you look at the entire trial period, was only 20% effective, not 80. Why would we give a child under five a vaccine that's only 20% effective when we know it can harm them and they don't die from this disease anyway? Well, it's 20%, but it's not showing what's going to happen a year from now. Exactly. We don't know what's going to happen a year from now because they've done no long-term testing. Exactly. And who says that the virus is more serious contracting the virus than the side effects of the injection or the treatment? Which Why are you treating somebody who doesn't have something? That's what it is. This is a treatment. It's not a prevention. Correct. They, there is some evidence that it could prevent some infections for a couple of weeks. Yeah, well, of course. Yeah. yeah probably because the body's trying to figure out what's going on. With <laughs> yeah, right. the, it's stuff that's come in. Yeah, yeah. Um, hey, do, do you have to run? Do you have a meeting? Yeah, I've got some guys coming up here in a minute, but if there's a, do you have any calls that that we wanted to take quick? Or? Uh, let me check. Yeah, we do have a call. Let's take it. Uh, let's go to North Dakota. John, welcome to the program. Hi, Kevin. Oh, back in uh, 2019, I stumped you with this question, so I figured I'd ask John. Uh, book, re- book recommendation for a Politics 101. So you mean a recommendation on Politics 101? Yes, a book. Well, I, I would say, at the, it, seriously, if you're serious of understanding what has been going on for the last hundred years, my friend G. Edward Griffin's book, The Creature from Jekyll Island, will roll your eyeballs inside and out. When you read it, everything that you've always wondered about the one world dominance, the uh, control of the elitists, and the Federal Reserve is is in that book, and it's a, you know it's a, it's over twenty years old, and it's a classic. Um, but it is a great great book from uh, being able to take a look at uh, things, and I, and I think uh, the other thing is Glenn Beck's new book, uh, The Great Reset, is also extremely good in my opinion. Okay, that thanks for asking. Hey, thanks uh, for asking. But yeah. if you haven't. If you haven't read the creature from Jekyll Island, seriously, it will it'll it'll skew or clarify all the questions you've always wondered, and it'll 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 uh, unfortunately it will turn you from a, a truth to a truther <laughs> from a conspiracy person because the conspiracies all vanish to the actual factual truth that has come true, and the fact that he wrote it twenty five years ago or whatever. Yes, is amazing because it's it, it just is even more relevant today than it was when when Mr. Griffin wrote it. Hey, okay. I've, I, I've got oh, another book to check to see if you've read yet. It's it's not actually going to teach you about politics 101, but I think there is a really really powerful political lesson in the book, even though it's a novel and it's one of my favorites. Um, have you read Atlas Shrugged? Yes, I have. Okay, so and it makes makes 
you really think about what's going on today, it's something terrible. Exactly. And and John, just think that book was written like 70 years ago. It's incredible. Yeah. It really is. It's an amazing, uh, amazing thing. And then, you know, for just for fun, uh, 1984 certainly is <laughs> yeah. more relevant today than it was before. Yeah, yeah I'm working through that one now, so. They're real eye openers. Uh, it really is a, it's an amazing, it's an amazing thing. And like what Kevin said earlier on his commentary or his comment was that here, here he was going back and all the things that were labeled as misinformation. And yet they're still labeling things as misinformation that have absolutely no basis in being labeled that way. But it is just like knee jerk. Anything that is revealing at all has continued to be uh, tried to be characterized and and undermined by the whoever the heck is in charge of doing the disinformation world because it's pathetic. It's a joke. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for your time. That was the only question I had. So thank well, you very so much. much. There you go. All right, I'm gonna go read that book too john i know that title sounds familiar i don't know why i've never read it though well it's 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 he's kind of the godfather of the conspiracy movement in certain ways because he was a, a mentor to ron paul and to many others but he is uh he's quite a guy he's he's the father of libertarianism but at the same time um I know him extremely well because he's been endorsing my product and felt like it's given him his life back for 10 years now. But hes it's so interesting. But it, it opened up my eyes to a whole new world of things, uh, starting with finances. Because as you know, as we well know, money is behind most of all of the money and power and control are the things that seem to be the dominant issue behind the corruption in the world. Uh, yeah, it certainly sounds like it. Are we, uh, we're going to grab another call. You still have time? Yeah. Yeah. I'll take one more. That'd be great. All right. Let's, um, let's see. Uh, Brittany, Hey, go ahead and, and screen those calls, Brittany. We'll, we'll take them. It looks like we've got a little bit of time. Um, you know, it, it's, I, I saw something the other day and I kind of agree with it. If you really understand all the facts of what's going on, um, we're probably going to run out of conspiracy theories because they're all coming true. That's exactly, that's exactly right. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It, I agree. And if you think about it, I get why some people are very, very skeptical of these things that are being called conspiracy theories and are actually coming true. I'm skeptical. They're so outrageous. You have a hard time accepting them. And yet we're finding out they absolutely are true. I can't imagine how wild the real conspiracy theories are going to have to become because the truth is just too crazy right now to believe. You're exactly right. It's it's just it's beyond anything I could have ever dreamed. In fact, I literally have that conversation with my wife almost every day. How how in the world can this be happening like this? And yeah. yet we I live in a I live in a bubble. I mean, I live you know seventy three hundred feet in the feet in the mountains of Utah. So I don't see a lot of things. But I I just heard on Glenn Beck today talking about a county attorney in a very conservative area that had been releasing, you know, had downgrading, you know, like 70% of the felons uh, that were charged in his area. I mean, yeah. it's, it's like we have lost our minds in punishment, in uh, fighting crime or doing any of these things. It's just outrageous what's going on. And, and there's so many things that are outrageous. We've got, uh, we've got some calls, so I'm going to grab them while we've got time. Uh, Brandy, welcome. Oh, thank you, Kevin. Um, so I recommended this book to you as well, but I don't know if John has. So Glenn Beck wrote the 
the Great Reset. But Alexander Dugan, a uh, person um, that Putin listens to, wrote The Great Awakening versus The Great Reset. And when you read his book, as I have been, you get his view from Russia or the communist way then versus uh, what, the way we think. Uh, so that was uh, one thing. And then uh, there are two sources I use for world news as far as like hotspots. Amir Safari uh, is a uh, prophetic uh, book writer as well as an evangelist, and he goes across the country uh, with his uh, conferences. And um, on Telegram, he posts things uh, on the hotspots, and it comes almost nonstop. And I was telling this to Kevin the other day about Israel getting into the oil business, and the European Union no longer wants to do business with uh, Putin. They want to do business with Israel. And I don't know that if you know that uh, Iran as well as Syria are, you know, sort of playing um, tag with Israel. So you see that the potential for a major Middle East war, Russia is going to probably not like the idea that uh, somebody is uh, honing in on their uh, their currency as far as rubles and, and that. And so just some, and as well as understanding the times with Jan Markell equally is another a good source. Thank you for those recommendations. They sound very interesting. Yeah, I I love world news and especially prophecy. Uh, and when you, you sort of hint on it, you touch on it. I, I kind of remember when I used to listen to Russ Russ's, I'm not going to be a pastor. It wasn't very long where he found himself right there. And the same thing with Glenn. Glenn was a shock jock. Next thing you know, he's talking about stuff like this as well. So uh, it's kind of hard to avoid. And um, definitely one of my highest topics to listen to as well as share. So um, just wanted to share that with you so that you're aware. Thank you. You're welcome. Yes, thanks for that. I appreciate That's it. That's all I have. All right, we are uh, we're gonna wrap this up. Um, we had one more caller, but it's just one of our trolls, so it's not worth uh, taking any time with. So we will wrap this up, John. Great stuff as always. Uh, we'll continue to collect all this information and report on it. Uh, anything you want to close with? Just uh, thank heavens for patriotic Americans and for, for the good work, Kevin, that you've tried to do to help bring sanity and uh, accountability to our country. It's really important. And thank you for your efforts and what you're doing. Absolutely. I also want to remind everybody this segment is brought to you by Cardio Miracle. Check it out in the store. Let's truck.com. You'll find it there. Um, John, we will talk to you again next week, and we will see everybody else back here tomorrow for Destination Health and also after hours with Kevin and Lauren. We'll see you then. Be safe, be profitable, be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey.